Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening to the show around the world in the Secret Teachings Archive on the various radio and podcast players. Welcome to the show. A special welcome and thank you to all of you who have subscribed to the Secret Teachings Archive the ad-free archive with all of our montages and my digital books. Your subscription keeps us on air Monday through Friday, so thank you so much for supporting the show. I sincerely mean that. If you'd like to contact us, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and on Gab and Gitter. You can also find our Patreon page for behind-the-scenes content. Search The Secret Teachings on Patreon. You can support our affiliate, Pro One Water Filters. Now is as good a time as ever to purchase a water filter for your home, for a camping trip, for your friends, for your family, as a gift, or for yourself. And, of course, my books are on the website Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and check out the books. There are reviews from other radio hosts and authors, and there is a lot of information about the books on the website. You know, these are really, really large books, so you get a lot of content when you make that purchase. Last night on the broadcast, we talked about the beginning of sorrows, which is a line taken from the book of Matthew in the Bible. And a lot of what we discussed relating to Armageddon and the apocalypse and the esoteric nature of all of this, it's in my book, The Technological Elixir. It's in my book, Occult Arcana. They're kind of reservoirs of the information that we discuss on this show. So as as I've proceeded over the years to to learn new things, I've kind of put them together in these books. And the books are kind of like these these energetic... um, reservoirs, uh, they're kind of like sigils, or at least that's, that's kind of how I, I see them, in the sense that, you know, all of my energy, all of my attention that goes into this show, and all of you who reach out to me and share new observations and new things with me, you know, I, I tend to formulate those into new ideas and new perspectives, I put those in the books, I put them on the show, and that's really what this show is all about. If I had to sum it up, Quickly, I'd say this show is about thinking. It's about looking at the world from a different perspective. I mean, I know that there are very few shows that discuss things in the capacity that we discuss things, and there are very few shows that access the esoteric without labeling it with a a religious flavor. Now, that is something that I take pride in and something that as we continue to uh, grow as a broadcast, we've been on air for over 10 years, as we continue to grow as a broadcast, I think that um, we will get even better at finding synchronicities and finding uh, connections and symbols and 
I mean, this all comes from our understanding of archetypes. And, you know, if you look at the comic book world, for example, and you look at Hollywood and all these comic book movies from Marvel and DC, you look, look, look at superheroes. Superheroes are powerful symbols to us because they are representations of our, maybe our desire to help people. They are representations of the conscious and the subconscious. Uh, they're very Jungian. Uh, they're very Joseph Campbell. And uh, those movies, regardless of how, how cheesy they are sometimes or, you know, how downright awful some of them are, you know, they speak to us. They're important to the subconscious and uh, the symbols and the sigils and all these archetypes and ideas. Uh, it's a language unto itself. It's a, it's a universal language that communicates across barriers and across, you know, man-made, uh, uh, you, you could call, I guess, man-made languages and uh, it is a language itself, though. You know, you, you've probably heard that before. The subconscious communicates in symbols, and symbols are a language, and, and, and they certainly are a language. I mean, think about what we've been discussing the last couple of nights with the Z and the Trident, with St. Michael the Archangel, the patron saint of Kiev, the Tamomo Namai, this demon in Japan that broke out of the volcanic rock, or at least that's the legend, and the connection of the Tamomo Namai to the demon or the Momo, the Mo, the demon of China, and of course the Slavic. That's where this geopolitical issue is in the world today that we're focused on anyway, Slavic nations. And uh, this is a Slavic demon, the Baba Yaga, going to war essentially with St. Michael the Archangel. I mean, these things are the undercurrent of our, our reality, of our existence, of, of our everyday life. And we can choose to focus on blue and yellow we can choose to focus on, you know, a superhero movie as just a movie, or we can see the underlying current of what it intends to represent. Um, last night, I went to a special viewing of a um, of a film called Whose Children Are They? Uh, it's the second time I've been to the movie this week. Uh, actually, the third time I've been to the movie this week, because I, I went to see Uncharted as well. And uh, when I was walking out of the, the theater last night, uh, my fiance and I ran into a couple of ladies who were outside the theater who had who had seen the movie too, and we got to talking. And uh, one of them is running for governor here in Arizona. She's on the Libertarian ticket, or she's trying to get on the Libertarian ticket. And uh, she was aware of the Great Reset, and she was talking about, in her opinion, uh, she said everything's like algorithms and artificial intelligence, and this is driving us forward. And they're she used the word gamify. She said they're gamifying children and absorbing children into this like digital reality. And uh, I don't meet too many people that talk like that. <laughs> so uh, we exchanged uh, contacts and uh, she seems to have a, a pretty good understanding of, of the underlying current of what this is all about. It's, it's all about energy, as we've been saying on the show. And, um, you know, I went to a couple of other movies this week. I, I did see the new uh, Matt Reeves Batman movie, which was really dark, really noir. Um, and it kind of picked up on the psychological darkness of the Christopher Nolan trilogy, which I really like Christopher Nolan, so I, I liked his portrayal of Batman. But this Reeves movie was really, really superb. Um, you know, the very opposite of comical Batman films of the past. And the difference between the comical and the dark is in and of itself an expression of the multi-dimensionality of the single universe of, of Batman. Um, or, you know, expand that into DC Comics and uh, the multiple universes within the DC Comics world. 
And uh, in DC Comics, from the from the Hollywood perspective, I mean, I, I don't read comics, all right? And I've, I've owned very few comic books in my life. I, I think the last book I had was The Killing Joke. I don't know how old that is, but... So, you know, I've, I've read very few comics in my life, but I would imagine that these comic book universes are immense when you read the comic books. You know, you only get a tiny little piece of it when you go to the movie. But all these Hollywood productions are focusing now on the multiverse. They're focusing essentially on the metaverse. They're focusing on this, this digital sub-reality, but giving you the idea that this will give you superpowers. This will make you superhuman. And even outside the comic book movies, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once is another movie that's coming out, another film focusing on endless universes. This woman can access herself in infinite universes. And it's almost like the Matrix in a way because she can access these different uh, versions of herself where she has access to their knowledge and their skill set. You know, uh, I think there was like, it was karate or jujitsu or something, but she acts, she can access that that version of herself, and then she knows that that art form. It's, I mean, when I saw Batman, it was just commercial after commercial after commercial, multiverse, 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 multiverse. Uh, even the new, the new Harry Potter movie, the Fantastic Beasts, uh, I think this is like the third one they made, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and the plot focuses on the world coming apart and the magical and non-magical universes colliding together. And, um, you know, this is... I, I I remember the TV show Fringe, and Fringe had the same concept at at the base of its storyline: these two worlds coming into conflict. And um, I was actually talking to my fiance about this because she likes Harry Potter. She's a l- little bit younger than me, and she she really liked Harry Potter when she was growing up. I never really watched it. I never read the books personally. I I like Lord of the Rings, you know, more so than Harry Potter. Uh, and uh, you know, we were talking and she said, but, you know, Harry Potter is always about, you know, these two universes. It's always about the magical and non-magical. So she's like, I don't know if that really fits in. I said, but it does fit in because whether or not it's about these two universes, the the magical world and the non-magical world, the fact that they're focusing on that in the commercial and then the the, the, the studios are paying for that specific um, trailer to run next to these other trailers about multi-universes and multi-dimensions, that's not coincidental. They're, they're telling you something. That's the prescription in Hollywood, if you will. That's what's being prescribed. That's what's being shown to us. Um, and this is something that, outside of Hollywood, uh, from a scientific point of view, um, you know, if you watch Discovery Channel, History Channel, or you know, maybe you go onto YouTube and you listen to scientists and TED Talks, uh, futurists, etc. You know, scientists believe that in order to open up a portal to another dimension, an immense amount of energy is needed. You need to focus that immense amount of energy. And we know that energy is currency. Be that in the form of the currency we call money, we exhaust energy to acquire it, or in conscious attention, paying attention with our conscious mind. Some believe This has already been done, though, that we've already opened portals and dimensional gateways through the detonation of atomic bombs starting at Trinity, which I believe was like kind of like an, you know, like an alchemical experiment, an alchemical ritual. Others believe the Large Hadron Collider is doing this as well, opening up 
portals to other dimensions. Now, the new Batman movie, when I went to see this, you know, it has all these previews, and it's, it's obviously a DC comic, so they're focusing very heavy on, on DC comics. They show the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness commercial. Uh, they show Flash. They show Shazam. They show Black Adam. And Flash and Shazam, they both use the lightning bolt. Uh, Doctor Strange, I, I did see the Doctor Strange movie. They, you know, he masters energy, the kind of like this ancient occult energy. He's reading the, you know, these like ancient occult esoteric texts in the first movie. And uh, Black Adam and Shazam both harness these ancient powers derived from the gods. Uh, Black Adam is said to get his power from Egyptian gods, and Shazam is, he's kind of like, I think he's like a wizard. Uh, and he's said to derive his powers directly from Zeus, which is, you know, our main guy. This is who we've been talking about since the Super Bowl. And even before the Super Bowl, we said that Zeus and Jupiter were going to be front and center. And they were indeed front and center. And, um, you know, Zeus at the Super Bowl, uh, the electrical vehicles, the commercials, the halftime show, the god on Mount Olympus overseeing the other gods or the goats, the greatest of all time. You know, the, the Rams who won the Super Bowl in their bright blue and yellow colors. Of course, Snoop Dogg had a similar outfit. And, uh, you know, I said all that energy, what for, I don't know, but all that energy was going to be put into the Super Bowl and it was going to be held there as a reservoir until it could be poured out as a libation on the world stage. So as we pivoted from the pandemic to geopolitics, the blue and yellow came to center stage with the flag of Ukraine. And days after Russia entered the country, the media began talking about the letter Z painted on the sides of their tanks and communications vehicles. And after a lot of consideration, a lot of esoteric analysis, we come to the conclusion that Z stands for Zeus. It's the 26th letter of the alphabet. That's the Omega. In Hebrew, it's Zion, the sword. In Runic, it's the Seigel or the Sigil. That's the lightning bolt. It stands as a symbol of strength and victory, both symbols of Jupiter and Zeus, who throws lightning bolts. An S or a Z is also classified as a serpent. So the sword and the serpent, in Kabbalistic terms, the tree of life, these are symbols that draw down the spirit, involution, and help evolve the spirit, evolution. And the color of this transformation, as a listener of ours pointed out, is green, the color we get if we combine blue and yellow. Of course, on the coat of arms for the blue and yellow Ukrainian flag is the trident, the staff of power held by Neptune or Poseidon, the brother of Zeus. Uh, the brotherhood, the history, and the origin of various Slavic cultures and tribes exist basically where the capital of Ukraine is, in Kiev. And the trident controls waters, which are equated with emotion. Emotion is also the e-mo-shin, ocean. And in the ocean, we have currents or energy. And whoever has control of the trident and the Z controls emotions and armies. The sword keeps physical order and the trident keeps emotional order. We also have to remember that you know Russia enters Ukraine two days after making an agreement with breakaway regions for cooperation and protection. The date was 2-2-2-2022, the beginning of the Pluto returns. Pluto is also the brother of Zeus, representing destruction, rebirth, or a great reset, if you will. And March 15th, that's today, is the Ides of March, the day Julius Caesar was assassinated. And in the last two weeks, hell, in the last 48 hours, we've had multiple calls once again from Lindsey Graham, to assassinate Vladimir Putin on the Ides of March, essentially, just like Julius Caesar. And, uh, you know, many people see that this conflict in Ukraine 
uh, is basically the end of days. It's the apocalypse, the beginning of sorrows we discussed last night. It leads us to Armageddon. And we know that just one day before Russia officially entered Ukraine, a statue of St. Michael the Archangel began bleeding from the head in Colorado. And uh, though most of these statues, like the weeping virgin mothers, are, are, are usually either explainable or considered hoaxes, uh, this one so far has not been classified as a hoax. It started bleeding on the 23rd, and the blood ran down for seven days onto the devil subdued by Michael. Now, Michael, St. Michael, patron of Kiev, is the patron of the sun, which is an immense energy. And for those who believe the universe is electrical, and the sun is the source of, at least in our solar system, source of this electrical phenomena, then, of course, this, this connection to our theme is even stronger. Michael does battle with the devil in the end times. Michael casts the devil out of heaven. And Michael concludes this battle by weighing the souls of the living like Anubis in the Hall of Judgment in Egypt. Now, just days after the statue began bleeding, the killing stone in Japan broke open, releasing the Tomomo no Mai, a demon that's supposedly been held for a thousand years. And this demon comes in the form of a beautiful woman, often distorted and known as Mo or Devil in China. And of course, in the currently conflicted country of Ukraine, as well as many other Slavic nations, this demon is known as the Baba Yaga. And here we have St. Michael the Archangel doing battle with the devil in the end times. A more divine influence can be found in a report of miracle lightning. Who throws the lightning? Zeus. According to reports, Ukrainian forces prayed to God for assistance, and they saw lightning appear from an unidentified flying object and strike Russian forces. Of course, Russian forces being struck by uh, lightning. Uh, maybe they were attacked by a UFO, or maybe it could have been some new weapon. Maybe the whole story's made up like the ghost of Kiev. I don't know, but miracle lightning, when we're talking about Zeus, that gets my attention. We know UFOs and things like that, of course, the, the Foo Fighters, the ghost rockets, which maybe that's what the ghost of Kiev is, a ghost rocket. Uh, these things go back... Uh, dozens if not hundreds of years in in terms of warfare you see these 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 types of things um you know I, it's just it's when you get this many uh i guess you could call them synchronicities or you start to see this this parallel and this um this trend you start to recognize that there's something else going on here i mean i'll give you one last example and we're going to bring our guest on Derek Murphy gas prices you know have increased uh, despite the fact that there's tens of millions of open permitted land uh, acres, uh, land to drill in the U.S. Um, and offshore, there's millions of of, of uh, 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 space there as well. Um, not sure how they measure the ocean, I don't know if it's in acres as well, but there's a lot of places to drill that are already permitted. Uh, the ban on Russian imports of energy don't include contracts or agreed upon energy. So, you know, the general public is being reminded of how unstable the world is how expensive basic necessities are, and how vital energy is to living a civilized life. And as a result of this, we are being conditioned to believe that a new energy is necessary, one based strictly on electricity, and a new currency is needed, a money that is strictly digital. Now, in my view, this diverts human energy into that, um, that necessary force that will power this new paradigm, this new world, which is predominantly going to be run by machines, according to Samsung in their 6G report. And, of course, 
major corporations, Google and you know technocrats alike, that the new world is machine and robot driven. Effectively, this turns humans into a battery to serve the technocracy, which are positioning themselves as gods. Now, we got a lot more to discuss on this tonight, but I want to bring on our guest, Derek Murphy. Derek is kind of like our comic book, our resident comic book nerd. And he's going to share with us uh, what this imagery in the DC universe, which, by the way, DC is direct current energy, as opposed to AC, alternating current. He's going to share with us what he knows about these comic book worlds and why we're seeing so much of these ancient gods appear and why we're focusing on the multiverse. And we're going to get into more of this when we come back from break here in a few minutes. But Derek Murphy, welcome back to The Secret Teachings. Hey, Ryan. Glad to be here. It's going to be a really fun one today. I'm excited. This is uh, right up my alley. Yeah, I know that it is. That's why I wanted to do the show with you. What, what, what do you think? What can you tell us in these two or so minutes that we have about DC, maybe even Marvel, and why we're focused on the multiverse and why we're focused so strongly on electricity? Oh, man. Um, there seems to be like some type of, between both companies, between DC and Marvel, which have have risen as like the top of mainstream culture. Both seem to be not only with the multiverse and diving like as a way to like bring in these new characters. Um, they're both of them, both of them are latching onto the multiverse in a extreme, extreme way, but also the idea of bringing in these ancient gods. Like it seems like the last 10 years has kind of been establishing superheroes as kind of mainstream culture. And now this next wave here is going to be established them as our new pantheon of gods, you know, and they're doing it by comparing them, putting them in the same movies as literal ancient gods, you know? And then we get into the multiverse and the idea of uh, death and resurrection, this rebirth as a new powerful being. There's a a ton of stuff in the mix, Ryan. I'm I'm excited to uh, break it all down with you. I'm excited that you're here to break it down for me because I don't know all the details of this. I just kind of have like a general overview, a general idea of the theme that we constantly cover on this show. And uh, this yeah. is this is a world I'm I'm really interested in. I'm actually interested in all these multiverses in the comic book world because yes, it's not just DC; it's Marvel as well, and it's it's TV shows and movies that have nothing to do with comic books. They're all pushing the multiverse. They're all pushing electricity and energy and, and lightning bolts. I mean, this is I think a keen to uh, basically trying to awaken uh, the the ancient gods. And I think the other thing about this, Derek, is that you've got you've got a, such an incredible focus on this. It's like people are having their energy diverted into uh, basically financing these sigils and these symbols to bring this about. I mean, this is basically, uh, it's almost like an alchemical ritual, uh, a transformative process that people are being put through and, and they're not even aware of it. They just think that they're being entertained. Exactly. Exactly. They're, this is what has the most attention of the mainstream. This is, this has gathered the most energy. Yes, so there, it's, it's, it's it's the Super Bowl ritual. Every, basically, every every month and a half, they put out one of these new blockbuster movies, even even more, more frequently. You know, and people are just they're locked in on it. And the idea of putting in these themes of stuff that you've been talking about for years and exposing like the average Joe in the street to it, just shifting paradigms, shifting the way people are thinking. So they're they're having posters on their walls of thor of actual of actual gods gods that wield lightning like it's it's just it's insane what's what's, what's happening like, like they're bringing comic books right right to right to life you know yep and giving us this idea that we can be superhuman and then we can actually be godlike if we just give up physical reality and connect with the metaverse exactly. 
Derek Murphy, our guest this evening. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us more after this. It's The Secret Teachings Radio, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, exclusively airing on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from Talk Stream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Derek Murphy, our guest this evening. We're discussing the final battle between good and evil, among other things. And after that final battle, if you know the Bible, God creates a new heaven and a new earth. Except, as we've been discussing on this show, I believe that this Armageddon, this final battle is being manufactured and humans are actually being cut off from the source of life, while a new earth and a new hell are being created instead 
part of a global reset of every current way of life. And it's these currents, these energies, this electricity, etc., that are being used to open portals to other dimensions. And a lot of people that simply mindlessly and numbly, it's not their fault. I mean, I mindlessly and numbly do things, but those of us who watch, let's say, DC comic or Marvel comic movies, all these symbols and all these sigils and all this energy is being siphoned off. It's being placed into these symbols and these sigils. And I believe it's being been used to help bring this transformation of society into, um, you know, manifestation. And, you know, at the center of the DC comic world and what we see in Hollywood is, is uh, well, DC, direct current. Everything is, um, you know, in, in this life, uh, life-giving, uh, you know, powerful energetic force like the force of the sun, everything is is uh, this life-giving electrical force. Everything is this energy. And without it, there's no life. And if only a few people have the ability to give life, if only a few people have the ability to wield this energy, like Zeus wielding the lightning bolt, then those individuals get to decide who has life and who doesn't have life. In essence, we're seeing humans make deals with demons and gods, selling out mankind to multidimensional forces to siphon our energy and pour it out in libation to evil in exchange for the technological elixir. We have humans manufacturing the end times, essentially, confident that if they artificially create Armageddon, they can effectively control it and become masters of a new world. They're creating the antithesis of Adam in the garden. They are creating the antithesis of paradise. They're creating the black Adam, A-D-A-M, a a synthetic man. The anti-paradise is the metaverse. Of course, meta backwards is atem, A-T-E-M, a word that means breathe. This breath is being placed into the black Adam or the black atom, A-T-O-M, or the atem, A-T-E-M, to create a new synthetic form of life where those in control become gods who oversee their creation, what amounts to an abomination of creation, though. And we know that if we, ex- uh, we take um, raw material from the ground in the Jewish tradition and we, we sculpt it into a, a humanoid and we inscribe Ichmet on the clay figure, then we give the golem life. Ichmet is also kind of like an anagram of meta. And this force brings these creatures to life with a magical essence. Those being controlled by the trident, as we've been discussing, and the sword are having their emotions controlled and all of their conscious and unconscious energy directed into these things like, you know, chance. With the pandemic, it was safe and effective. With Ukraine, it's I stand with Ukraine. Could have been Black Lives Matter. Could have been whatever. The chance that people just start Repeating, regurgitating. That becomes their identity, who they are. And they're being repeated in a magical incantation intended through vibration to destroy the world of creation and establish the kingdom of the Antichrist. I think it's that I think it's that simple. And uh, you know, we have things like the new Delta Cron variant, which Delta Four, Cron Time, the Four Time, the Fourth Reich, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. You know, Omicron, remember, translated to the beginning of the end or the beginning of sorrows, as we could call it. And the Ihu, Ihu variant, 
is a variant of Jesus by definition. And the only definition, therefore, of a variant of Jesus is the Antichrist. And putting these subconscious symbols into the minds of millions of people ensures that their energy will be directed into bowls that will be poured out in an artificial end time. Seven bowls of revelation. The immense amount of the symbolism, electricity, the multiverse imagery in the comic book world, television, movies, etc. All reinforce these same themes. It is undoubtedly an esoteric fact. And before the show this evening... Our guest, Derek Murphy, told me something about the DC superhero universe. You know, I'm not a comic book guy, so I didn't know this, but those characters that acquire superhuman powers are called what, Derek? What did you tell me these superhuman powers given to humans? What, what do these humans become? They become uh, metas or metahumans. That's uh, DC's version of of superpower beings, basically Marvel's mutants, but they call them uh, metahumans, anybody who acquires powers. And the Flash specifically acquires his powers via lightning. He's struck by lightning, wakes up with uh, super speed, like uh, like Mercury. And um, another another hero with uh, super speed. We'll get a lot into the uh, DC comics and more of the uh, these these new gods we have and stuff and the multiverse stuff. But right before the show, I was um, watching these trailers, and the Sonic Two trailer popped up, and that 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 um was one of the ones I watched when I saw the Batman and then uh, that'll be out in like two weeks. But Sonic is basically the flash. He's like the, from the video game and everything. And, uh, and this, the second one to bring, like they're bringing his sidekick tails, which is, um, a kit soon, which is the nine tails Fox. He only has, um, he only has two tails in this, but, but cause the, the, the tails is like based on how old these, these like entities are. But that's the same thing as this demon trapped in the, in the stone is a, a kit soon, a nine tails. And that's what this character Tails is um, Sonic's sidekick, and he's yellow. So and and um, and Sonic is blue. So when he moves really really fast, he use, he has this, this blue lightning. It's this blue blur with all kind of lightning, and he can shoot lightning. So in the Flash, they can shoot lightning. And then he's the villain of this with like Doctor Robotnik, the main villain, is this new his new adversary Knuckles, which is basically like a red version of um, of of Sonic. So this dark adversary, this, this anti, this anti Sonic and Sonic, they have in the trail of him literally running on water like Jesus. So this knuckles would be this, um, anti, this, this antichrist figure and their colors. So it's going to be that the way they move, is just blurs of colors. So it's going to be a blue and yellow blur versus a red blur, a blue and yellow cranium blur versus a risky, a, a risky red blur, you know? And then Dr. Robotnik, the main character discovers, uh, a new form of power, a new source of power, which is um, these chaos emeralds. And then like, we'll get into all kinds of um, magic and chaos stuff with Wanda and Dr. Strange and that kind of stuff. But when I saw that, right before, literally 10 minutes before the show, I was like, geez, Louise. And that'll be out in like two weeks. I know so, you, 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 we pick this stuff up, you know, uh, sometimes it sounds like we've got everything in line and, but we're learning this stuff before the show, sometimes during commercial break. I mean, there's, there's so much content. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the nine tails because yeah, I was just thinking, I was actually thinking uh, if Derek doesn't mention, I'm going to mention it. The, the Tomomo Namai, the you know the demon in the Japanese Killing Stone, aka according to the New York Post, aka the nine-tailed fox. I mean, plus <laughs> plus red and blue. I mean, red and blue are very similar, if not identical, to you know blue and yellow, or yellow and blue because yellow 
is like orange or red. It's a symbol of fire. So red and blue together, these opposing forces, that creates this alchemical transformation uh, or alchemical transmutation as well. Um, so you have that in the sonic world. And I didn't even think of Sonic, honestly, Derek. I didn't even think I saw that preview too. No, me either. Until, until the I, I just searched, uh, after I watched all the regular ones, I just searched the trailers real quick to see if there's anything else out there. And Sonic popped up. And I was like, oh man, how did I forget this? And he has lightning. He's, it's, it's very similar to Flash, where he's just like, comes at a pick super speed. And it's all just lightning and, and, and blurs of colors and stuff. And uh, with like the, the same dark, like the dark archetype, like the dark adversary, this like Antichrist type figure, that's kind of what Flag Adam is for, for Shazam. And, like both of which have lightning. Like they like part of their power is called like, the living lightning. And it's, their mythology is um, it's kind of complicated. Like Shazam originally was was the wizard that gives um, Captain Marvel its powers, but then like uh, Marvel has their own version of Captain Marvel. So there's this whole big like copyright issue. They had to change it to now the actual character's name Shazam. So the wizard and the character Shazam. So you you yell Shazam, and then this this boy becomes what looks like Superman, basically. Now that's not that's not that's not Shaquille O'Neal and Kazam, right? <laughs> no, that's or, or Sinbad. Or Shazam. Sinbad. You're a Mandela effect person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or <laughs> no, Sinbad. But that's different. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, um, but yeah. So the, I, I was watching that too uh, earlier today, just to get like, kind of refreshed on it. And it has a similar stone synchronicity, where it's kind of like so. Basically, this wizard, this like Shazam, the wizard is dying and like his role is to have this, this living lightning, this like this magic that traps the seven deadly sins, which are basically these demons in stone. And then that they're trying to bust out of stone. Same as this, like Kitsune thing, same as this, same as this, uh, this, this Momo, whatever the name was. To Momo Namai. Yeah. Momo Namai. And, uh, so he's basically abducting children. Um, and then like, the movie opens with one abduction. You don't know who it is. You think it's the main character in the beginning and you really, it ends up becoming the main villain, but you, you abduct this one kid and like test them, test his like purity basically. And he didn't, he doesn't pass the test. He gets corrupted by these demons being like, don't, don't go for that power. Don't go for the living lightning. Go for my power. Free us. So it's, like, power. Like, it's like an initiation yeah. ceremony. Exactly. Exactly. And with, within an abduction, within some type of, fairy abduction, alien abduction type thing. And then they literally say, so he's scarred from that. He's like, he, he gets rejected. The wizard's like, you don't deserve it. And this is like a little kid. And he's sent back. And from his perspective, it's missing time. Like his, his, or from his perspective, he went to another realm, but from his, his, it happens like when he's just driving in the car um, with his family. And from their perspective, it's missing time. Like he, he didn't go anywhere, you know? So he's arrested his life. And then it flashed forward. This is all within the first 10 minutes. So it flashes forward. And he's now a villainous person. He's like scarred from that. And he is like finding other people who have had the same phenomena. And they make the analogy to UFOs, like a group of people experiencing the same thing, just missing time, going to another realm, being like met crazy, weedy, serial colors you can't explain, finding this magical wizard and not passing the test, you know? And then Shazam essentially is the one that passes the test. And Shazam itself is an acronym for. Um, I have it right here. One second, sorry. Let me check my notes. But Zeus is the Z in Shazam, and that's where his like, his essentially his power um, is from. All right, so uh, sorry, I got that. So, is so the wisdom of Solomon. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just trying to find my notes. Sorry. Um, 
S is the wisdom of Solomon. H is the strength of Hercules. A is the stamina of Atlas. Z is the power of Zeus. A is the courage of Achilles. And M is the speed of Mercury. And then Black Adam is just the same thing, but it's, so this power gets passed on from like wizard, from this wizard is like the last of the wizard's council who picks like champion. And then this champion gets like, kind of has to put his, bring his power, like once he gets old enough after a long time, the power gets transmitted to somebody else. And that's its initiation, you know, this, but it's like this um, death and rebirth is recycling the power, you know? So an earlier incarnation of this was during the times of, e- of Egypt. And that's the black Adam. So it's S for shoe or the stamina of shoe. H, the speed of uh, Hiru, A, the strength of Amon, Z, the wisdom of Sahuti, A, the power of Aton, and M, the courage of uh, Mihan. And he still yells Shazam the same way. But he wears black, and it's like, that's the dark archetype. So that's their dark counterpart of each other. So in this, that's the rock, and he'll be more of an anti-hero, but, but the, the, it's still just the... the so Shazam. Sorry, that was a lot of rambles, but no, no, no. It's okay. But I don't think it's rambles. It's just a lot of information. So Shazam yeah. is basically incorporating or drawing on the energy and the power of all of these ancient Greek and or Egypt. I mean, they're basically the same. They're just different cultures, different identities, but Greek exactly. and Egyptian gods. Exactly. Yeah. So it's this. It's this. Um, in the mythology, like a council of of wizards, I guess, harnessing the power of of the ancient pantheons through what they call the living lightning and imbuing a child with it. And then when he calls on Shazam, he looks like exactly Levi, like a grown man, you know, but then when he shows Shazam again, he, he comes back to a, being a, being a boy, you know, um, which is weird on its own, it's like abducting children and like all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, what do you think about that? That's crazy, kind of crazy stuff. And well, it's all lightning, all, like, all, all, all lightning based, like getting this new energy, like, and then the the stone thing was kind of what really um, made me laugh this morning. The idea that it's these demons trapped in the stone, trying to trying to be freed. You know? Well, the thing about lightning and electricity that that piques my attention is before the Super Bowl this year, we're talking months ago now. You, myself, and we did a show with Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero. I mean, we were saying that Jupiter and Zeus were going to be prominent at the Super Bowl halftime show at the game and during the commercials. I mean. You, you sh- sent me that commercial about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Zeus and Hera, his wife, uh, Salma Hayek, oh, yeah. I think. And I mean, she, yeah. I, th- I think, aren't they making a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Zeus? I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, um, I, I thought I heard that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think, I, I think Clyde has said that, but I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure if he's, if he's right about that. I've oh. heard that he's going to be the, the, the Zeus in the Percy Jackson movie. Okay, um, maybe that's Percy what it was I heard. But but Percy Jackson is the lightning thief. The, the Percy Percy yes. Jackson one is called <laughs> Percy Jackson the Lightning Thief, yeah. and it's all and the, this movie would be like uh, if the following the books would be a battle against the Titans. And I, uh, I like Hayek those books. Is, is also, the, not, I mean, I, I remember the books. So the the movies are made for younger demographics than us, but they're not that bad. I mean, it's all, it's all, if you're into mythology, there's a lot of mythology in it for sure. Yeah, just skimming through the books, they're, they're good. I didn't mean to cut you off. I I, I just wanted to. No, no, no looking at the lightning, looking at the electricity, going back to, to Zeus and, you know, you sent me that commercial. And I mean, I did like pregame Super Bowl stuff where I was talking about Zeus and Jupiter. And that's what we saw at the Super Bowl halftime show, the commercials in the game, translate that over even to geopolitical events right now. And the geopolitical events in Ukraine, the blue and the yellow, the green, the transmutation, the Z, the trident, uh, the, uh, the uh, patron saint of Kiev, St. Michael, the archangel. Uh, you mentioned the nine tell again, or the nine tells, 
Nine-Tailed Demon, that's the Tomomo Namai that supposedly broke out of this killing stone in Japan. Uh, and, and the Slavic version is the Baba Yaga, the Momo, the Devil. I mean, all of this, plus the DC Comics, plus the Marvel Comics, plus all these other Hollywood films and these TV shows, and they're all pushing electricity. They're all pushing the multiverse. And you know that you need a lot of electricity in order to open up portals to these other worlds and these other realms. And at the core of the Large Hadron Collider, the core of the uh, uh, the Trinity bomb test or any atomic bomb test, is this idea of alchemy and using this immense amount of energy, like Frankenstein's monster, using electricity to bring these artificial things to life. So when you when you said that the, the these you know people that acquire superhuman powers in the DC universe are called metahumans, and we look at the metaverse and the creation of this synthetic atom, this dark counterpart to organic life, it's basically a black atom, and they're creating an artificial um, dimension that they can control, a new heaven and a new hell, I call it, after they create the scenario of Armageddon and the end of the world. I mean, to ask to ask this question, what it all means, is a very generalized question, but what does all of this mean? Why do we see so much? This isn't just trying to find things that make a good radio show. This is absolutely everywhere from sports to geopolitics, even to the oil and the gas issue of prices and energy. It's all about energy to DC comics. It's energy, it's electricity, it's ancient gods, it's everywhere. Why do you think we're seeing this? Uh, I, it depends how, how crazy you want to get with it. I mean, if I'm in the right mood, I, I'm thinking that this is what they literally want to do. It's, it's a commonality between all these different teams is that they're trying to release something. They're trying to, to, to something wants to bust out and it requires a lot of energy to do it, you know, and it's kind of this, this, this give and take this arrangement they have. Um, we'll make you gods if you let us, if you let us out of our, of our prison type of deal. And like free the Titans from Tartarus. Yeah. Free the Titans. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like and the multiverse thing, the, the idea of these other worlds, these different parallel realities, um, that could, it's just, it seems like they're going to just one day tell us like, uh, that they opened up, they found some type of wormhole or they found some type of rift in reality, some type of CERN opened something up and they found a new, a new resource. Like, um, their Marvel's bringing in the Fantastic Four, uh, pretty soon. Like there's no trailer in it. This was like a little bit ways away. They just announced the movie, but the, the previous incarnation of it, uh, they got like pretty pan. So they're, they might forget a lot about it, but the whole plot is basically, um, they're all scientists. They work on a Hadron Collider or some device that opens up a portal, opens up a rift between realities. They go, they go to this other world and it's the government wants it for the sole purpose of extracting resources from it. Basically extracting this like drill power from another realm to, to, to fix the world, you know? That's like Monsters so, Inc. <laughs> it's, it's similar, very, very similar, yeah. Just like harness, like harnessing, finding a whole new, a whole new, like the same as uh, everything, everywhere, all the time. Like finding a whole other version of reality, and then you can pull all the best stuff from it to, to fix everything that's broken in our reality. You know, um, but like the Flash, the one that's like the whole plot of the movie that's coming out is he goes back in time to like fix to prevent his mother's death, like the trauma that that made him a superhero, and in doing so it changes reality and they call it like a flashpoint paradox. Uh, paradox. So he comes, he comes back and he uh, like 
the world isn't, isn't what, 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 what it was supposed to be. So that can bring in all kinds of Mandela effect type stuff. But also it, it, it makes them realize it brings like the whole multiverse to the DC universe. He realizes that other parallel versions of, of himself. And that's what brings in Michael Keaton's Batman. We're going to get like three different versions of Batman in this movie. They're going to, they're going to be doing what Spider-Man just did with No Way Home, where they brought in the different versions of Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. And, and Marvel really went, when, uh, went full tilt with their multiverse, you know, using Dr. Strange, alchemical, um, power to open risks to other realities, letting, letting other stuff creep in. When you have an open eyeball, you can see that this is literally at the foundation of every form of entertainment. I mean, even sports, uh, it's in geopolitics, it's everywhere. We're seeing this everywhere we look, everywhere we focus our attention. But a lot of people, most people, it's not a fault or you know a negative thing. Just you know, the average person isn't looking for this kind of thing. They're not paying attention to this kind of thing. That they're enjoying sports, they're enjoying movies, they're enjoying TV shows. All that energy, as we continuously say, is being put into those symbols and those sigils. And I agree with you, Derek. I think I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a, a series of companies and philanthropists or you know some some people that consider themselves to be magicians, Aleister Crowley types. I think that people are trying to open a portal or several portals yeah. to other worlds or dimensions. They're trying to summon the gods and they're trying in that process to acquire everlasting life. And I think part of that is the construction of, again, this, you know, this meta reality, this metaverse, the black atom so that they can create a new world and a new heaven so that they can control that reality uh, through the algorithms and through the AI and through the, the new forms of technology. Uh, basically these technocrats want to become superheroes, but they want to go beyond superhero power. They want to become gods and they want to then replace the gods in the process. And they're not shy uh, about that either, Derek. I mean, we've we, you, people that consider themselves or society consider them, consider them elitists. These people like Bill Gates, I mean, they, they look at themselves as gods. They, they don't, they don't abide by the laws of nature or the laws of man. They try to override all of those systems for control and power. They want to be gods. And maybe that's why we're seeing so much of this imagery because these gods have to be, um, energized. These gods have to be called upon, and we're helping that process along by mindlessly participating in in these in these cultural and social entertainment you know rituals. I think does that make sense? No, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's like, it, and it could be multifaceted. There could be people who I'm sure there are um, just different societies, different people with sinister agendas that are aware of what's happening. They're in active communication through ritual or through seances, all different types of mechanisms that one would use to contact entities. And they're doing the bidding, they're doing exchange for power, you know, to try to let these things in. Yes. But also it could just be, it could just be coming through, through the muses, through art, like in the same, like some, something non-physical, something outside of time. And then like just permeating culture, trying to shift culture through ideas, like, it might not be cognizant of that. Like all the writers from Marvel and stuff and DC and all this stuff might not be aware that they're all doing this. Right. Like, right. But, but, but it's just something is coming through them and, and, uh, making us, making us changing, changing the paradigm in order to, to create the, like, like in Zoroastrian mythology, Araman, who's like the dark archetype, the dark counterpart in that mythology is a lot of times referred to as the Lord of electricity, you know? So 
Rudolf Steiner talks about demons and entities as actually living in electricity. They're like, they're like entities you would encounter. Like the reason why different spirits and stuff or different stuff seems to come through technology is because if they exist within these electromagnetic spectrums, they exist within electricity. So now with the metaverse, we're creating a realm where if they can't pop out, if they can't bust into our reality yet, we're creating a, a whole a whole realm where we can actually meet them. We can we're, we're cutting we're cutting that middleman, so hopping into this digital space where we can make deals directly with them, and then uh, I don't know, then like and leaving our vessel behind so that they can pop right out. That's but, yeah, that, that, stuff. that's yeah. the new paradigm: transitioning, transforming, and becoming something that we're told will make us superhuman. We're told will make us godlike, but in the end, the technological elixir. You know, my theme, what I've been arguing, the name of one of my books is that it will make us subhuman and it will make us far less than, uh, you know, divine. It'll take us in the opposite direction. It's basically a, a further form of involution, bringing us down below onto the opposite spectrum of the tree of life, far below M- Malkuth. Um, and if you're talking about the tree of life, Malkuth is our physical reality, of course, uh, the, the next level above us. Um, is considered the astral realm. And in the astral realm, this is where, you know, a lot of the the most famous uh, magicians say um, you have this electrical current that if it can be influenced and it can be drawn down and called upon through will and intention and imagination, you can create and manifest things from that sphere into the physical reality. And I think, again, with electricity... Uh, and and with these electrical currents in uh, you know traditional m- magical history, if you if you read about this and study this, you're finding that this astrolite substance, this is what uh, the magicians today are calling on to to bring about this manifestation. Derek Murphy is our guest this evening. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings. Please leave us a review on the podcast radio players. Subscribe to the archive at thesecretteachings.info, and check out my books like the Technological Elixir on the website rdgable at yahoo.com a lot more after this don't go anywhere stay with us the secret teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from apple and spreaker to spotify and podcast addict also available as tst weekends our one hour saturday morning show search the show name and start listening today for free and if you want to avoid those annoying ads visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad free archive with some of our older shows included you'll get a private rss feed and access to the montage archive and my digital books subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. 
This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world, and The Secret Teachings Archive on the radio and podcast player of your choice. If you're listening there, please leave us a review. Just takes a second. Leave us a couple of stars. Tell us what you think of the show. It's also telling other people what you think of the show when you leave a a review. It's free to do. It takes just a few seconds. Helps to promote the show. And uh, helps other people to, to find us and listen to us. Also, a big thank you to everybody listening in the Secret Teachings Advertisement Free Archive. There was a technical hiccup last night on the show and in the private archive. That has been fixed. There should not have been advertisements in that free archive. I apologize for that. That was some kind of glitch through the, the service. Uh, I'm going to try to maybe find a better service for the private feed, but I just wanted to let you know there was a technical issue there, and uh, I've uh, fixed that so far as I know at the moment. But thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for buying a book. Without your support, we would not be on air. You know, my book, Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, these two books are reservoirs of information and energy reservoirs of the content that we are discussing tonight you know the the whole of our perceptual reality everything that we are being bombarded with whether it's entertainment whether that's movies or tv or it's sports even or it's geopolitics or it's the price of gas everything is focused on energy not just because energy is the basis of physical Malkuth reality, but because energy, electricity, you know, the, the, the symbols that we see, the, the trident and the Z, the trident on the flag of Ukraine, the coat of arms, the Z on those Russian tanks. We know about the Baba Yaga, the Slavic demon or devil, translating to the Momo of uh, China 
and the Japanese Tomomo no Mai, uh, this demon that supposedly broke out of the Killing Stone after a thousand years, St. Michael the Archangel, bleeding a statue in Broomfield, Colorado, a day before the Russians enter into Ukraine. You've got this miracle lightning, this electricity that supposedly took out some Russian troops. You know, maybe that old George Carlin saying, we pray to our enemy, to God to destroy our enemies. Our enemies pray to God to destroy us. Somebody's going to be disappointed. Could it be everybody? Maybe God's listening. Or maybe some gods are listening. And depending upon, you know, your, um, your perception of this type of thing, um, it's, I think it's really, really, really difficult to pay attention to entertainment, to pay attention to geopolitics, to pay attention to everything in between and not see this obsessive, compulsive focus on lightning and electricity, this obsessive, compulsive focus on the multiverse, and, and knowing that we need a lot of electricity, a lot of power to open up portals to these other worlds. And, you know, I've been saying um, from the Super Bowl this year till the, till the crisis in Ukraine, and today's the Ides of March, of course, and we had the Pluto returns and the 2-2-2-2022 and all this stuff that, that just comes together in this, this twilight synchronicity language of, of, of just incredible, incredible uh, symbols and imagery and archetypes and mythology. Uh, and then you turn to, to you know, go to the movie and you see the same thing at the movie theater. I just went to see the, the new Batman movie and uh, the commercials, the trailers were just packed with this kind of stuff, even for movies that weren't from the comic book world. But, you know, the, the, the thing that, 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 was, um, that was drawing my attention energetically uh, right before the break and then during the break is our guest this evening, Derek Murphy, said something that made me think of the astrolite. And for those of you who have studied magic, maybe you read A History of Magic by Elvis Levi, or you've read, um, maybe you've read uh, Israel Regardi, you, you've studied like real traditional esoterica. You probably know about the astrolite and how the astrolite is sometimes referred to as a serpent. Uh, sometimes it is uh, referred to as like a fiery serpent or, you know, just basically it's an electrical current, right? So think about this. Taking those blue and yellow colors or taking the, the blue and the red, blue and red, blue and orange, blue and yellow, water and fire, uh, passive and active, merge them together, blue and yellow, you get green. That's an alchemical symbol of transformation. Um, if you take the upright triangle, the phallus, with its base in the inferior sphere, and that is fire, that is man, and you merge that with the triangle pointing the other way, which is the womb, which is the superior sphere, which is you know water and woman, and you merge them together, you get this alchemical great seal of Solomon and so many other things. And in esoteric um, art and, you know, al alchemical uh, uh, drawings and things like this, you sometimes you see the serpent. You see a serpent moving between these two worlds, moving between the two pyramids, moving between the two spheres, moving up and down the, the tree of life. And, uh, you know, in esoterica, the serpent, you know, is a, is a symbol that represents the importance of the staff of Moses, which turned into a snake. Uh, and is reminiscent also of the caduceus of Mercury because Mercury has the caduceus with the entwined serpents. And, and the serpent itself, defined as astrolite, assimilates superior and inferior periods of time. It brings everything together. 
And this is information that is contained in a very sacred axiom of that which is above is that is like that which is below or as above so below to simplify it. And this can be seen in the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph. The letter has two arms, one points up, one points down, like the triangles. And it's said in magical art that the great work, which is psychology, which is emotion, which is physical existence, the great work is accomplished by fixating the astrolite through an act of will, meaning that you're going into Yesid and you're pulling down those electrical currents, you're pulling down the astrolite, you're pulling down the serpent, if you will, and you are directing it through will, willpower, and imagination to create and to manifest the thing that you want to be, the better you, contacting you know, your higher guardian angel, let's say, or basically manifesting a, a world that you want to manifest. Now, the symbol Aleph represents, it's kind of like Baphomet, one up, one one arm up, one arm down, or you know, even the opposite of that, if you look at the El Diablo tarot card, because the flame is pointing downward as opposed to upward, so it's lighting the infernal rather than the superior world. But this this symbol, the Aleph, is basically if you if you want to you want to get like a, a generic idea of what it looks like, or you just type it in and look it up, it, it's kind of like an S with a line through it. So it's a sword or a spear or an arrow piercing a serpent, right? And um this is basically the, the biblical imagery um, of St. Michael the Archangel killing the devil or casting the devil out of heaven, defeating the devil. And doing this in the end times, this period of Armageddon, period of the apocalypse that I maintain is being manufactured artificially in order to create a new world, a new uh, uh, planet, a new system of everything, a new system of you know, energy. Electricity, a new system of money, currency, a, a digital currency, diverting all human energy into running these these artificial synthetic machine-driven systems and turning humans into a battery to serve the technocracy. And this final battle between good and evil that I believe is being manufactured, you know, God is not going to be able to create a new heaven and a new earth because we are going to circumvent the rule of God to create a new heaven or a new hell and a new earth. And all the currents, energy, and electricity being used to open up portals to other dimensions, at least that's theoretically what all that energy can be used to do. We're seeing this in comic books and movies and TV shows and in geopolitics and in the price of gas. All of these things are showing up in the conscious as well as the subconscious. And when we are not aware of this, we are assisting in this transformation of society this attempt to reset the planet to year zero and to establish a a technocratic dominion over organic nature and over creation so that some people who believe technology gives them superpowers they believe they have become gods they've circumvented the real creator and they have control of their own universe now, promising you that you'll become superhuman in the process, but you actually become subhuman. And they're not gods. They're actually devils and demons. And this is, I think, really at the core of why we see such an obsessive compulsive focus on comics and specifically comics in Hollywood that are isolating the multiverse and focusing on the significance of electricity 
and those ancient gods. Our guest tonight, Derek Murphy, he's kind of like our resident comic book guy, comic book expert, comic book nerd. And uh, Derek's a lot like me. I'm kind of a nerd. I just don't know a lot about the comic book universe, but I can see these synchronicities and I can see these trends. And Derek, before the break, we were talking, I I mentioned the astrolite and the serpent and the electricity and manifesting things from Yeset into Malkuth on the Tree of Life. And uh, you said that there's a little bit of a connection between that and the comic book world as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not exactly, but uh, it's pretty similar. It's the idea of like kind of trying to extract this, uh, this astral power, this, this power from these astral dimensions. Um, that's very much the plot of Doctor Strange 1. Like he, they, they explore the astral, strength, the astral realm um, big time and then different kind of spheres within the astral realm like dark darker versions of it and, and that the main villain of that is trying to open a portal to let uh Dormammu in who's like the, the lord of this dark dimension basically like this dark chaos energy and then it's like he's trying to siphon that off for himself to become like this overlord of our of our realm and uh build this new this new magical realm in his image basically um, which is which is really creepy. And then like I'm not sure where the where the second one's gonna go, where the where the upcoming one's gonna go. But as far as like symbolism from the trailer and stuff, they had at one point some type of horned beast that was like looking up to the sky as like there was all kinds of like clouds with lightning happening up and then Wanda's like leaking black goo out of her eye or has it on her face or something. I'm not sure what's going on with her. But when we last met her at the end of one division, she became the embodiment of chaos magic. She became like, she became the Scarlet Witch. She became like the, the Scarlet Woman. And then um, in the post-credit, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but in like the post-credit scene of that show, she's reading through the the Darkhold, which is Marvel's version of the, Necron- of the uh, Necronomicon from Lovecraft. And basically just like absorbing this dark energy from these like, realms of these Lovecraftian old, old ones. We're going to be like having to deal with that uh, as she kind of is the, there's almost like some type of Batman relationship between Doctor Strange and Wanda. They're going to be like kind of battling it out between like this divine energy with this, with this dark energy. But then also other, other versions of Doctor Strange is going to be popping up with the multiverse aspect. Like, it's going to be kind of a mess. Like we're not just going to be exploring other parallel realities, which we are because like, that's what the, that's what the animated series was. Marvel. What if and there was one episode where, um, Dr. Strange is basically trying to play God. He is trying to reverse the trauma that happened to him originally. He's trying to stop this car crash that killed his, uh, like the love of his life and like ruined his hands and stuff. But it's supposed to be this cemented moment that can't change in the multiverse. So like the, the watcher is telling him like, you can't change this in order to like fix it. He's like creating all these sigils and contacting all these dark entities and from these astral realms and like siphoning, like killing them, siphoning their energy off till it becomes this, like the most powerful being in this universe. And he's kind of like trapped in this pocket dimension, but that version of him is canon. Now it's going to be, there's going to be a live action version of it that we meet in this, in this next movie and like all different types of multiversal beings, from other parallel realms, like different X-Men versions and stuff, as well as other astral realms, like the dream realm and nightmare. And, uh, are, are they calling yeah, this, are they calling this in the multiverse of madness? Is that the subtitle to the new Dr. Strange? Yeah. 
that kind of reminded me a, a little bit. I don't think there's a connection, but it kind of reminded me of the uh, the John Carpenter movie in the Mouth of Madness, where you know you ever seen that yeah. horror movie? Where, where, I, I haven't, I haven't. But it, 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 that's, that's all based on Lovecraft. Um, yes, and yes. the Mountains of Madness. Yep. which is I'm not sure how much influence like that, that's they're saying it's a little crappy movie. So I'm not, and that's probably where the Black Blue stuff is coming from. But I'm not sure how much other Lovecraftian influences will be like we're gonna meet Shumagorath, which is um, a literal Lovecraftian old one. It's a it's an invention of Robert E. Howard and um, Lovecraft famously like was a pen pal of all like the other sci-fi fantasy visionaries of the time and and told him to like. Um, use his mythology, which on its own is weird because Lovecraft was in contact in his mind with these entities. He thought he was seeing these things for real. He thought he was having like nightmares and visions of these actual things. And he was like relaying that information through his works. And then he's weirdly telling all the other, telling Robert E. Howard and all these other famous writers, use these gods, use these entities, use my world in your works. Robert E. Howard, the guy who made Conan, did that created Shumagorath and Marvel used that. So, and that thing is officially going to be popping up in the movie. And he popped up in what if, um, the animated series twice as, um, uh, the red skull and Hydra was trying to, uh, trying to bring in their champion of Hydra from beyond the stars and use like CERN to open a portal to, to bring him in. You know, that you tend to, yeah. Do you know about the, the tapestries at CERN? By any chance, the the, the la- different languages they have on them. No, I'm not sure. No. So I've only heard one other person talk about this. I'm sure you, you know who that other person is, and um, <laughs> they, I, I don't know if they still have them up. But as of like two years ago, two two and a half three years ago, they had these tapestries that were inside of. I don't know if they were like inside the exact um, you know parameter of the of the collider itself, but like within the facility facing the collider they had these tapestries with different languages on them and these were yeah. like ancient languages these this wasn't like you know uh you know uh, uh english and uh uh i don't know mandarin this was like really ancient stuff um yeah and they had maybe like aramaic or something like that maybe like even sanskrit, more ancient, stuff, yeah. sanskrit yeah uh I mean, yeah. maybe latin but they had a lot of ancient languages and they had um these tapestries basically facing the the, the collider and they were saying they were welcoming the gods. Wow. They were basically wow. saying welcome to earth, essentially. Um, yeah. now, I don't know if they took those down, but that that's a really weird thing, considering that the idea of Large Hadron Collider is to basically peer into well, the history of the universe, but also to potentially open up portals or wormholes to other dimensions, and, and they're building bigger ones. It's kind of the same, <laughs> same idea with the atomic bomb detonations. I mean, that was in... Um, was that TV show uh, Twin Peaks? The the if you watch that where they have the atomic oh, bomb detonating and then evil comes into the world, it's wild. This is this is, this is, a, this is a tangent kind of kind of what it's just it's too many synchronicities to ignore. So, <laughs> so like it's very similar to to the order of the I think we talked about before, but the the order of the nine angles. This like modern day cult who's like sometimes in the media like in the mainstream media as as called like a far right. Um, neo-Nazi group, which like may be true, but primarily their their um, philosophy is like the occult, the occult Nazi stuff. They're trying to, it's like more more like the Dulé stuff. And their uh, their goal, they're like they're they, they believe that they're Homo Galacticus, this new evolution, this new type of man, 
and whose destiny is to go beyond the stars. And their goal right now, like their goal before they like reach, reach godhood is to open up these doors and let literal Lovecraftian old ones into our reality, you know? And this is a modern day cult. This is like happening right now. And we also happen to be at the anniversary of the Heaven's Gate cult, yes. which is like, which is like very bizarre. And they're trying, they're trying to contact aliens to have this like death and resurrection rebirth to become gods themselves and to, to like change to become this like astral being, this, this like light being or whatever. But that was also this, this is evolution of the way um, the mainstream is kind of visualizing that process of contacting gods, whether it's like through, through regular prayer or with the heaven's gate, seventies cult type stuff through with aliens. Now it seems to be with the multiverse and uh, Hadron colliders and opening portals to other realms and stuff like that. But it's all the same type of theme contacting gods in order to become one yourself, you know, like creepy. Well, I, I, again, I don't read comic books. You clearly know a lot more about the comic book universes and the different characters than I do. So for those of us who don't know a lot about, you know, DC or Marvel, I mean, personally, I like Batman, but that's really the extent of my comic book knowledge. <laughs> but when, when we when we look at the actual comic books and some of the original stories, Derek, how much of what we're seeing in these movies, the, the focus on the multiverse, the focus on these ancient gods, the, the drawing down of their powers, superhumans, demigods, etc., how much of that is in like some of the the comics themselves, some of the original comics, is this just in Hollywood, or is this also in the comic books? Is Hollywood getting it from the comic books? Is Hollywood influencing the comic? How how's this transpiring? What is happening in the comic book world? Oh, it's 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 yeah. I'd say the comic books are heavier when it comes to uh, satirica, heavier when it comes to mythology. And the thing that which is trippy to me is the fact that they're turning the mainstream into through comic fans via this like super superherification of movies and stuff. They're, they're getting people to like treat all the Marvel movies as one ongoing story. Like they're treat continuity as if they're comic fans and they're getting us to think like that. And with that comes like heady fantasy ideas. Like these writers are pulling stuff from mythology, like for a fact, like the stuff that I hear sometimes, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are you listening to Ryan Gable? And how do you even know this? Like, and then they'll put, put, put it into a story. And like, and then it's this, this weird mismatch of like, where do the ideas actually come from? Because Jack Kirby, who is super influential and all this stuff, he's the one who created the Eternals and all that kind of stuff. But he also created the the New Gods for DC. He he wrote for both of them. Like he created Dark Side and all that kind of stuff um, with the anti life equation and everything. That was all that was all Kirby. He went right but to he Sitchin. The, he went to Sitchin exactly. Yeah, so he was into the alien things or the aliens as gods things. But he was also um, into all different all different types of mythologies and stuff. He, he was he was steeped in mythology, esoterica, and 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 sci-fi and technology and stuff, as well as CIA ties. He like after he had like beef, I guess, with um, comics not getting compensated the way he felt that he should. He, he was taking jobs for the CIA. So famously, that movie Argo with Ben Affleck, where they're trying to like get these prisoners out of uh, where he's like like. Um, hostages out of uh, Iraq or something. I forget the country. But they use, they pretend to make this fake sci-fi movie and they use Jack Kirby to make the art stuff. So he's like, that's a famous one, but he's doing, he's not his only job. And then there's other stories like famous comic writers right now who like speak about talking to CIA people 
for inspiration from their story. So Kirby, so Kirby like, has a connection to the Central Intelligence Agency? A thousand percent. Not a conspiracy. That's like, that was in the Ben Affleck movie. Like Jack, they, I they, did they not know Jack that. Kirby in the movie. I, yeah. Well, I mean, so, we, we, so that, yeah. What, it, uh, you know, I went to film school, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So when I was in film school, the two things that were really, really, really um, interesting and kind of profound, we took a, a class that was like, me, like I guess media, um, I guess was considered like uh, news media. And in that class, they they didn't teach us directly, but they showed us the methods and the techniques on how to create a story and essentially manipulate, you know, an audience. Um, they also uh, taught us <clears throat> a lot of other things in film school that, you know, people might interpret just as you might interpret just as kind of like uh, conspiracies. But this is like what what they were actually teaching us. It's like um there are so many elements and so many aspects of uh, like you say, Jack Kirby was connected to the CIA. A lot of people don't know. And we learned this in film school that this, the Pentagon, the Defense Department, you know, it's it's well known that these agencies write off. They have to sign off or they approve a lot of Hollywood scripts. If the, those scripts involve using, let's say, you know, a shot of an aircraft carrier. Uh, or a shot of a, a a Navy destroyer ship, or some some Air Force planes. Even if it's just in the background, if they're just getting like a, a B roll footage of it or something, the Pentagon has to sign off on the whole script. And we learned that in film school. So the Pentagon, the DoD, like we learned about transformers. In order to make transformers, because they had the aircraft carrier and all that, the Pentagon had to sign off on the transformers script. And they get to insert into the script whatever they want to insert into the script. And the script could be written 98% by whoever, you know, any movie, whoever writes it. But then the Pentagon can add 2% or 3% or 1%. And they can put these influential ideas into Hollywood. And Hollywood, you know, is complicit to get the approval. But but they don't even necessarily have anything to do with it. It's the, it's the Defense Department. It's the intelligence agencies that are doing this. They're literally influencing the entertainment. And I don't think a lot of people know that. And I certainly did not know that about Kirby. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Makes sense. I can't think of the name right now, but there's like a whole database. Somebody put it together, which like has an archive, like, like freedom of information or something like that, that shows all the different movies that have some type of... Uh, government influence in them and like what and it's it's that was the movie it's like uh, yeah i'm sure it's endless it's, like it's, it's great it's, it's bizarre oh. so but like to, to as far as like the ancient gods and the, and the weirdness type of stuff it's like the caa is also or the intelligence apparatus is also weirdly tied into the phenomena and like like you're you're a bigger x-files fan than me and it's just they're there is a, there's a lot of crossover there with with the ufo phenomena and that kind of stuff so it's which ideas are coming from these writers just fans of bizarre sci-fi and which like i don't know what is the what does the cia want us to know about aliens what does the cia want us to think about right think, think about ancient gods like and it's it's, it's trippy yeah th- this this is something that um i didn't think about discussing tonight but this is a really no, really either, yeah. <laughs> really interesting and really powerful subject that maybe we can discuss a little bit more when we get back and then also maybe discuss the new batman movie some and how it relates yeah, to yeah to all of these themes that we're seeing electricity currency creating a black atom a synthetic version of man in the metaverse the dc superhero universe as meta humans and that's what we are becoming meta humans promised superpowers by the elixir of life 
that we could become godlike, but it will make us subhuman. It's already making us subhuman, and it's making those with the power more like gods to control this new reality. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Derek Murphy, our guest. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere for the final segment. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the montage archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings Radio. The music tonight is by White Bat Audio. You can find White Bat Audio on YouTube. You can find us at thesecretteachings.info and on Facebook, Gab and Gitter, and on Patreon. I want to thank all of the 
patrons who subscribe to the behind the scenes content and all of you who subscribe to the archive at the secret teachings.info. You keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week. Sincerely, you are the only thing that keeps us broadcasting. If it weren't for you, Secret Teachings would not be here. And we would not be able to bring you the content that we bring you five nights a week. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgablerdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Tonight, Derek Murphy is with us to discuss the Black Atom not the atom, but the black atom, A-T-E-M, the artificial man, the homunculi, homunculus, being created in the metaverse and having life breathed into it, the atom, a team meaning breathe, creating this golem character being brought to life through magical incantation, chants, sigils, energy, etc., providing us with the opportunity to become something more than human, superhuman, or so we're told, maybe even godlike. But the only people that will achieve these kinds of powers are those that have control of the new universe, the new multiverse, the metaverse, the new heaven and the new earth created after the, in my view, synthetic, artificial and manufactured Armageddon We've discussed uh, the Z, the Trident, Zeus, geopolitical issues, the price of gas, the Super Bowl halftime show, the commercials in the game, all of it relating to energy, electricity, alchemy, and transformation. The comic book world is no different. I saw the new Batman movie and, of course, the DC previews prior to Batman with The Flash and Shazam and Black Adam. And uh, I think, um, well, the Trident was there, too, because of uh, Aquaman. I think there's an Aquaman trailer. And then Doctor Strange, you know, who masters energy, Black Adam and Shazam, harness these powers from ancient gods. And uh, they have, uh, of course, as Derek said earlier, Shazam has, uh, you know, these connections to Zeus and these uh, Egyptian gods. In fact, more than one Egyptian and more than one uh, Greek gods. And, um, you know, we find this this imagery, this symbolism at the forefront of everything from sports to geopolitics today. I, I feel like something is being summoned, something is being brought into our physical world by using the astrolite to manifest it, except these people aren't going into the astrolite specifically. They're going into other dimensions, and they're trying to draw these forces out, draw them down, believing that those forces will give them power if they sell out humans and organic creation. Again, Derek Murphy is our guest this evening, and uh, you know when I'm a guest on the show, I always like having a few minutes to, to get my thoughts together and express everything that I had planned. I want to give Derek a few minutes to do that, and then we will seamlessly transition into the new Batman film, which is related to all of this. So, Derek, what do you have to share with us tonight about the comic book world and what's upcoming in the uh, Hollywood version of the comic book world? All right, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, you're special. You're, you're very good at this. So when you're on other shows, you have a much you have a better way of, uh, getting your thoughts across. And my notes are more just kind of reminders of myself. Like, don't forget this. Don't forget this. So I can kind of just try to rattle through some of these upcoming things and how it applies to exactly what you've been talking about for 
for a while now. And uh, we, we talked about Shazam and stuff, which is exactly that, that taking this like kid, traumatized kid specifically, one who's like lost his family, like what, who's, who's missing his mother, um, and imbuing them with power. They call him a champion, basically using this boy as a vessel for his powers from the pantheons of, of the gods, you know. And, and Zeus is where they get the lightning from. Zeus is the Z in Shazam. And then um, there, the upcoming movie, the sequel is called Fury of the Gods, which uh, Calypso and um, I'm, I can't blank on the, on the other one, but uh, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren come back as these ancient gods, these like these like titans or whatever. I think they call them in the in the mythology. And Black Adam is a Shazam character. It's the dark counterpart to Shazam who gets his powers the same way via. Um, Adam and a, a pantheon of Egyptian gods, A-T-U-M, Adam, and he's getting his own movie. So we're getting exposed to this. That's like the rock movie. So that's like the black suit with the lightning on it versus the red suit with the lightning on it. So we're getting two separate blockbuster movies with the same exact theme of like using these vessels for this for this godlike energy and with, with like an emphasis on the electricity aspect, on the lightning aspect of it. And then uh, we're getting Doctor Strange, which is all the multiverse stuff that's uh, encountering other realms, encountering parallel versions of yourself, using other realms to acquire more power to stop other problems in your realms and that kind of stuff with chaos, chaos magic and all the black U type stuff. Um, and what if we just had the multiverse and what if is the Marvel's what if the, the animated show that's going to have direct tie-ins is Dr. Strange thing. And it just it's literally, it's all about encountering different versions. Like, so the what if with like mythology is, in comics, like what if Peter Parker became the Punisher and it's just some else world version, some non canon version of the story. But Marvel twisted it and they made it what if um what if Ultron won? And but rather than being like stories that never happened, they made a multiversal stories. So they actually did happen and they're gonna have like an impact on going forward the next like five years of Marvel, you know? And Spider Man just did it with No Way Home and their multiverse and Doctor Strange using magic to crack open the fabric of reality and let it, let all these other universes bleed into ours, you know? And famously, they won an Oscar for their animated version of it, the Spider-Verse, which is coming out with a sequel. And that's the first time we met a bunch of other different versions of Spider-Man, all the kind of heroes. But that's brought the idea of the multiverse to every kid in the, in the world. That's like, that's arguably called the, the best superhero movie of all time. Like, it's an animated, it's an animated movie. Like, it's an Oscar one. And then we got Loki, which brought in the variants and all that kind of stuff in multiverse. And um, he's going to be tying into all kinds of stuff. And the villain from that is going to be the villain of Ant-Man Quantumania, where they use this like quantum realm, not only to harvest resources, harvest this power, this quantum power, but also to pop in and out of uh, all the multiversal realities. You know? And then Thor, Love and Thunder, where, which Thor harnessed it. Like his, his last movie was him learning to harness just his God, his Thor power, his, godlike Thor force, which is electricity, lightning, without his hammer. Like, he's the god, the power, like, you become the god via this, like, tragedy, this death and resurrection metaphor. And now, in this next movie, they're bringing in Zeus. Like, Russell Crowe is playing Zeus in this next movie, um, which will be out next year. Now, is he going to throw a and phone then, or lightning bolt? Remember the phone? That was that was an old joke. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they honestly might do it. Marvel's pretty funny. But um, and then like at the end of this month, we're getting Moon Knight, who is a uh, another. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that. Is, yeah, that's on, that's on um, March thirtieth, and he is a 
He has multiple personalities from trauma, multiple personalities, and one of these personalities is possessed by uh, an ancient, ancient Egyptian god, Khonshu, like the, the moon god, and uh, another like um, entity inside him. But it's all about multiple personalities and uh, powers from ancient pantheons of gods. And uh, it's like the, the, the in the trailer, like the catch, like the, the punchline is embrace the chaos. Like that's kind of the motto. And then Wanda, Chaos Magic, it's, it's a big name. And then um, DC also has uh, coming up Blue Beetle. This is like going to be a, going to be early next year. But Blue Beetle, he gets his power from an, like an ancient scarab, and it gives him this like it takes this boy and gives him this like uh, powerful suit. But it's this ancient ancient scarab thing, which is all about like rebirth and ancient yeah, Egyptian deities. That's yeah, a symbol of the sun to the scarab. And also the yep. scarab is, if anybody has my book, Occult Arcana, I don't know if you can find the image online because I scanned it from an old magic book, but there's an image in my book that has the, um, there's a Buddhist version of it too with the lotus flower, but there's a, a picture in my book, it's an old Egyptian image, and it has the scarab, they believe the scarab would come down from the heavens, it would circle along kind of like a maze, and then it would eventually, once it gets to the center, it would unwind in this golden thread and go back up. So it's also part of the tree of life or the involution and evolution of the soul. So basically, in other words, the, the scarab is not only the sun, the scarab is involution and evolution. It's part of the alchemical process as well. That's a symbol of alchemy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's coming. That's like, that's, that's really going to be out like, relatively soon. Um, and it's another time it's, it's a kid, a traumatized kid who's imbued with these, with, with, with these powers. And they put like a weird alien spin on it too, where there's like an alien, like, like a, these gods are alien gods. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, hey, mentioned the trident already. Yeah, I'm sorry. One thing, maybe the DC also means direct chaos. You mentioned chaos <laughs> magic. It's not just direct energy, wow. direct currency. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, Aquaman, you mentioned the trident. Like the, the first movie, the trident is the, the representation of power. Like the, the reason why Atlantis collapses and goes under the ocean is that they were. Um, they, they were gifted the trident from like Neptune and then they were trying to like um, manipulate it. And they were basically showing a bunch of scientists tinkering with the trident and all this electricity and lightning basically fries the world and sinks the city into the earth, sinks, sinks the civilization into the ocean pretty much. But it was like the trident, the trident is energy in the, in the Aquaman mythology. So then, um, so, so these new DC movies, like I watched the preview before the new Batman film and it's like DC kind of like the, the logo pulsating and they have these lightning bolts. So DC direct current, direct chaos, energy, energy, energy. But then there's Aquaman with the trident. So you have the Z electricity and the trident. These are the same images we see with the Russian tanks and the Ukrainian coat of arms. So this is exactly. not just Hollywood. This is also geopolitics. It's, it's everything that we're witnessing in the world right now. The focus is hyper hyper focused on these kinds of images and symbols exactly. is uh happening right now in the tv the, the, the dc tv world they have the, the flash and the superman two different tv shows like superman is like critically acclaimed the flash is maybe their biggest tv show they've done in the last 10 years but the flash uh they, they started with an event in um january called uh flash armageddon and then superman right now this is like happening in, like week to week right now they're dealing with bizarro Superman, but the way they're doing it, it's like, it's like tapping into another parallel realm, like this dark realm. And then like encountering this like dark, like a typical version of everybody, this like weird, dark, like 
but but his logo it's everything superman reversed so it's a backwards s which looks just like a z like he was wearing a big z on his chest very similar to what that what that uh athlete did in the all the, like, the gymnast yeah put the z in it put the, put the z in his chest and somebody was like that reminds me of a backwards superman i'm like oh yeah kind of and i think wow bizarro is happening right now in that's, like the biggest DC TV show <laughs> with a Z in his chest. Yeah, that's like, that, that's why. Oh, and it's one more last thing. Sorry. And, and uh, DC Comics has Tax Force Z, which is a comic that started like six months ago, um, before all this chaos was happening, about uh, a death and resurrection, like a, a contract, a protocol by the military to use like deceased soldiers. So like harnessing like rebirth to like fight wars. And it's basically like, I haven't read it, but the logo is just a, a Z with a, with a skull. Um, that's before they knew any of this was coming, but that's all I really got. I was a lot of rambles. Sorry for, uh, no, it's, it's, like it, it's not rambles. I used to think that I rambled too, and, and maybe I do, but there's, there's so much information. There's so many connections. There's too much, too much. Yeah. There's too much. I mean, we could literally, we, this could be its own radio show, just this every, <laughs> yeah, sure, every, yeah. every single night. But you know, the, I mean, the, the, oh, by the way, the gymnast's name was Ivan Kuliak. Ivan, for anybody okay, who wants yeah. to look it up with the Z on the chest. But yeah, I, did, I didn't even think of that. There's another connection. Um, I mean, this stuff is like, is endless. Um, yeah. I mean, like when I was sitting in the theater, I was watching Batman and you were, you and I were texting yeah. each other and I saw this, this compilation. It was like, I don't know if it was like a compilation of DC comics. They were showing the Aquaman and Flash and all that. And, uh, and I saw the DC and, and what made me think DC power, direct current energy was because the DC, it, it, it kind of looked like, they, I mean, they had the electricity behind it in a couple uh, images, and it looked like it was pulsating almost. That's the impression I got from the light. And I thought, oh, DC currency, DC energy. I don't know if they intended that to, to, to have a double meaning, but that's the meaning that you know I derived from it. And I thought, oh my God, I'm just sitting here in the movie theater. I just see this, this image, and it, it, it sparks, no pun intended, it sparks all these, these new ideas. And, you know, for me, that's how I get my ideas, Derek. I just let information come to me. Some people, I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying the writers that write all of these things. I'm not even saying the Pentagon or the uh, the uh, Depart- Department of Defense that you know has to write off on a lot of scripts for you know uh, Hollywood uh, directors and studios to use military equipment and shots or whatever. But I think a lot of people, rather than relying on intuition and whether relying you know rather than relying on like what they what they study and what they know. A lot of people, and I've known people personally who do this, they sit down and they open themselves up to chaos. And they say, I, I don't care. I knew one person who did this. They say, I don't care what you are, who you are. I just want to be a good artist. I want to be a good musician. Just come into me. And it's not It's not even like performing a ritual and trying to uh, ask for assistance from God or praying, it's literally saying, my body is a vessel, come into me and express yourself. And I think that maybe that's, you know, it might not be so careless, but that's kind of what we're seeing in the entertainment realm. We're seeing basically an open doorway for things to walk through, for energies to manifest. Exactly. That, it, it, I mean, it's, as we've discussed tonight, it's it's unreal, all of the different connections. But I wanted to talk about Batman really quick because Batman is like for me. I mean, I only really know Batman. I've I've only I've seen like every Batman movie. I love the Batman comic. For me, Batman yeah. is like the ultimate Dark Knight of the soul, especially because he's the Dark the Dark Knight, right? And they play on that that wordplay in the Batman universe. So 
as our world undergoes an alchemical transformation and all people seem to be under an influence of this collective Dark Knight of the Soul, we have this new Dark Knight movie that comes out, the new Batman. Uh, what did you think of this movie and, and how does this relate to our overall theme tonight? Oh, uh, I really like, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Batman fan. Batman is the ultimate, uh, like every, every great writer seems to be in comics, uh, has, has their classic Batman story. It seems to be in some way just a perfect, uh, a perfect vessel to, to just everyone has their classic Batman tale, you know, but it always like, it's somehow focused on trauma. That's kind of like the, the thing that connects even the villains within the Batman mythology. It's, it's how do these people deal with, deal with their trauma and kind of like the Batman in, in, in this case is the trauma of losing his parents, you know, and they can't not talk about that. Like this is, this movie was the best um, in that it didn't, it pretty much, it, it didn't really like hit you over the head with the whole pearl necklace, like being yeah. drawn on primarily thing that seems to yeah. happen all the time, but they still like kept focusing on this, this is, um, he kept staring at like the, the boy who had lost his parents and that kind of stuff. It was very obvious that it's the trauma losing his parents that creates this crazy billionaire that wants to beat people up and stuff. Yeah, they, they did and, a really, they, they did do a really good job on not visually addressing it, but in a sense, kind of subconsciously addressing it. Yeah. That's a really good point. Exactly. exactly. And then, so he's, he's kind of guided by this code. He has this, his, his moral compass that just don't kill. So, but there's a lot of like different stories in the comics that kind of critique that like, okay, you don't kill, but also you just like beat the hell out of these people to a bloody pulp and then throw them in jail. You wait, we know they're going to pop out of it and you're going to do it all again. Weird cycle of violence. But it's this, it's his villains are all kind of different, like parallel versions of him. Like the Joker, Batman is somebody who's a thousand steps ahead. He sees the world as chaotic and he wants to bring order to it. And he's like, psycho, he's a genius, but he's also kind of like a psychopath, but he has this moral compass. Whereas the Joker is the same way. He sees a thousand moves ahead, but he sees all the order and he wants to create chaos. But he's, but he's the same way. It's the ultimate duality. Where, and then, it's a duality. And then the, the penguin, not really so much in this version of it, but usually is depicted as uh, Batman's wealth. He's like, the, the Cobblepots are normally the the other richest family in Gotham. Like, there's the Waynes and the Cobblepots. And, and the rivalry that comes, like, what can, what can happen when wealth corrupts you? Which didn't with, with Bruce Wayne. And then, in this, they showed the Riddler. And they made it so, he's also an orphan. He's somebody who's really, really smart. He, he, would, he would make a great detective if he was like a, had a more positive influence. But without having like these pure parents, like in Bruce's mind, well, these good role models, he became this like, psychopath, incel, terrorist that was uh, broken. You know, so it's always kind of this theme of like how trauma can affect you based on like your your moral your moral values. You know, what what it turns you into. Yeah, and when you look at Batman and you look at these the differences in the and that polarity, you know, you and I were talking about. Um, it, it really is the moral value system of Batman and, and they address in the movie, you know, Bruce Wayne's father wasn't necessarily perfect, but at the same time, it was because of the, the moral compass and recognizing that, you know, he, he made a mistake. Uh, I don't want to give out too much of the movie, but he made a mistake in being able to, to, to try to compensate for that or to recognize that understanding that you make mistakes, we all make mistakes and then having that moral compass that that's the difference between chaos and, and order. That's the difference between yeah. the Riddler or the Joker and Batman. And, and that's a really powerful psychological uh, image that they put in that movie. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's almost, it's just, 
it was seeing him was the, they made it so dark and gritty. It was like he made the comparison to it kind of seeming like a, like the Zodiac and Seven and stuff, and it was that's what it felt like. But then sitting it like you, you're sitting in the theater and it's like you're so you're so into it, and then you see this guy wearing this costume and with this cowl and the cape in the middle of a crime scene, and you're like, this is kind of crazy. It really they really um, makes you feel how bizarre it must be to be like a regular person in this world seeing this crazy guy fight crime wearing a back costume. So emphasizing the fact that this person is like a crazy person. He's on one level like a broken person. And without this full compass, he would be the riddler. He would or he would be one of his villains. He might be the catwoman. He might use his skills to, to rob banks and do crime that way, you know? And he made the without giving like spoilers away but like um one of like one somebody asked him why his father um, like operated on somebody, even though like he like he knew that somebody was like a bad, a bad person, and, it, and uh, Batman's like because he took the Hippocratic oath, and it, like so, it emphasized like this person's broken. This person lost his parents when he was really little. What he remembers is his dad's allegiance to a code. He swore an oath, like it's a code, and Batman's code is I won't kill, and that's what allows him to go out where where a caution and beat the hell out of people. You know, and but that trauma is also ties into all this type of stuff, like the 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 trying to like get power or get something to like walk through you, whatever, like walk into you. That could be done voluntarily through these like rituals and initiations and that kind of trying to harness this power, but it can also be done through trauma, done to you yes. by the trauma of say a pandemic, trauma of say the potentiality of a World War Three, of just being bombarded with negative propaganda all the time that could traumatize you to where you become a vessel and without your without your consent you get something that the, can walk into you you know and then like like we were talking about it earlier um like the death and rebirth type of theme that's throughout the movie so for batman that's twofold in this it's it's that he had a rebirth when his parents died the trauma not, not only his parents were killed but the trauma in some aspect killed bruce wayne and from that moment, Batman was born, you know, in the comics that's addressed a lot in the movie that's addressed by the Riddler saying like, I'm talking to the real you, I'm talking to the Batman in the mask, you know? And, but also there was this moment with, um, electricity and water and like, I'll let you talk to my, 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 my breath kind of, but well, that's know, another, uh, well, yeah, we'll come right back around to that. Cause that, that was a great observation that you made. I didn't even pick that up. But when you have the uh, the idea that yeah the Riddler's talking to Batman as the real him, I mean Batman is as the Cape Crusader is the dark side of the soul or the subconscious and the unconscious, and it expresses itself through the the, the vigilante justice that he dishes out, and um, he's able to hold that code of not killing. Um, that is the code of of I, I mean I would consider that to be kind of like it's a metaphor, of course. And it relates to, you know, the moral code of Bruce Wayne in Batman, but Batman is the real self. Basically, Batman's the soul in a sense, and Bruce Wayne is is the physical component of, of that aspect. So it's it's very, 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 very Joseph Campbell, as is every yeah. single good movie. Those archetypes and those character types and those story types are there in every good movie. Even the bad movies, they're yeah. They're there, but the the, <laughs> the more that they are focused on, like in Star Wars or, I mean, in this Batman, the better the movie becomes, the better that we relate to it on a subconscious and unconscious level. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And it allows for, that's the reason why Batman is so beloved and the way it resonates to so many different generations is because it, it's such a great 
um, prism to tell these stories, you know, because of the way it, it, it uses these archetypal uh, characters and, and storylines. It, it allows for a lot of interpretation. And in this case, seeming to focus on this, this trauma aspect and like what in this like type of uh, rebirth into uh, he, he, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but like, yes, yes, um, don't. People, people will get very mad. We, we, we've got about, people get mad. Yeah. we got about two minutes here. So I want to make an observation. Then you can comment on the, the electricity okay. and the rebirth in the movie real fast. But think about this. How is Batman summoned? He's summoned through an electrical light in the sky with that symbol. That's, oh, wow. that's what they're doing with all this, this imagery. I think they're summoning these, well, these antiheroes, mostly these demigods and believing they're going to get this, this divine power through the metaverse and the, exactly. The Black Adam, but anyway, what, what, what this was a really great observation, Derek. Tell me about the electricity, real quick. About a minute and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's there's a moment where um, Batman kind of has a um, moment of sacrifice where he uh, he's he's treated as a symbol of fear throughout throughout the movie, and he has a realization that he has to become a symbol of hope. And he has like a metaphorical rebirth where he becomes, he goes from being this because he learns what will happen when fear spreads throughout the culture. It's fear, fear begets fear. Like he has this rebirth to basically just an icon of, of. Oh, it looks like we lost Derek Murphy and the whole show to get down to the last 60 seconds. And then, <laughs> and then we lose him. I'll try to call him back real quick here. Hey Derek, you dropped off there for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. We've we've got like about a uh, about a minute still. So go go ahead and uh, conclude your thought on the electricity and yeah. the rebirth. It's, it's it's tough for me to uh, honestly try to make a point without giving any spoilers away. So I'm just gonna try, I'm gonna try to avoid it. Uh, if you can try, if you can explain it better than me, well, let's that's just, fine. But basically, I just want to say thank you for having me. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say electricity and rebirth are a very important part of the Batman film as Batman transforms, uh, kind of towards exactly. the end of the movie. That's. Yeah. It's, pay attention to that look out for that because it fits into our narrative it fits into our theme it fits into this as well as paradigm. as well as like using as well as using masks and yes um i mean those trauma and fear for, for identity and associations those yeah. those riddler followers it was very similar to like the joker uh the recent joker movie uh, they're basically like npcs and that's what they look like with the yeah, masks yeah. on yeah and just to to become your real self quote unquote or just to, to separate use the mask or from, like to separate who you are from your new identity, which is classic cult tactics. And all yes. That stuff. But we're out of town. So yes, and um, of course, thank you, Ryan. This has been fun. It's been really, really fun. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And of course, when the Riddler's talking to Batman and that's his real self, I mean, that implies that Bruce Wayne is his, his actual mask, which is what the persona <laughs> is. That's, that's the personality. Derek, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. That was awesome. All right, you have a good night, Derek. Derek Murphy, our guest this evening. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to our show archive to get access to all the shows ad-free, all the montages, and my digital books. You can also buy the books separately on the website. Whether you subscribe or buy a book, it supports the show. It keeps us on air Monday through Friday. It allows us to bring you the content that we bring you uniquely each day of the week. It is the Ides of March, March 15th into March 16th, 2022. Also, the Heaven's Gate anniversary coming up. We've got a lot of really great radio planned for the rest of this week. Stay tuned to The Secret Teachings. 
Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. And stay tuned to The Fringe FM. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the next broadcast. <laughs>